your horse training questions answered. Answered. Welcome to the Carson James Podcast, your weekly boost of horsemanship. No jargon, no fluff, and no BS. Just natural, proven solutions that work. And now, here's Carson James. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. The question for this one is from Julie, and she says, uh, Hey, Carson, I've got a mare that pins her ears whenever other horses get in her space. Uh, It's difficult to go on trail rides because she has kicked a few times, and I do not want her to injure other horses or riders. What can I do to help this? Okay, so real quick, uh, let's just do like one video reference. So at the end of the virtual clinic on the Buckaroo Crew, And for those of you that don't know, the Buckaroo Crew is an online website where we have all these different videos. But there's a section in there called the Virtual Clinic. And at the very end of that, I think it's in the bonus footage section, we had this exact uh, scenario at one of the clinics. Girl came up. She said, hey, this horse I'm on uh, gets uh, really mad when other horses come around. So we basically did a little bit of the opposite of the buddy sour exercise. So you can go into the Buckaroo Crew and actually watch this video, and we go into a little more detail than I'm going to talk about that particular video during this podcast. But anyways, uh, basically I tell the girl, like, okay, start walking, uh, start trotting kind of tight, fast circles where it's a little bit like hard work for your horse. And then... Have we'll we'll have another horse kind of start to come in closer and closer, and when that horse starts to come in towards you, let your horse come down to a walk and don't make him work real hard or her, and then that other excuse me, and then that other horse is going to just start to kind of slide in towards you and start walking around with you closer and closer, and the second that your horse puts his ears back, the other rider is going to just peel out away from there, and you're just going to go right back to kind of difficult, uh, tight, fast trotting circles. So all you're doing is, is you're saying like, okay, horsey, when you want that other horse to go away, to go away, it will, but then you have to work hard. So what you're doing there is you're setting it up kind of to where that horse that didn't want that other horse around. Well, now, after a few repetitions of this, the horse that was pinning the ears and maybe potentially kicking or whatever is now starting to really like the idea of another horse kind of coming in there because every time that other horse comes in, life gets easy. It feels good. The, you know, the horse isn't having to trot those tight, fast circles It's not getting, uh, the bit isn't being pulled on to make the turns. So you can simply work that and that's going to help a lot. Now let's go a little bit deeper into it. Uh, you guys think of like a, a kid bullying another kid at school. Usually it's because of some kind of insecurity, right? So horses can kind of be the same way. Um, a horse that is, feels like they really need to defend their space is a horse that is kind of insecure and not really confident in themselves. So once again, uh, you know, pretty much any problem you would want to fix, even though it may not seem directly related, 
is simply in the way that you interact with your horse. The better and more clear we can get at communicating, the more sure the horse is going to get of the things that it needs to do. And the more sure a horse gets, the more confident a horse is going to get. That's going to help uh, pinning ears and kicking at other horses. It's going to help uh, Buddy Sour because that's all really just kind of insecurity. And if you really, you know, tore it into pieces, it would be the root of insecurity. Uh, so, you know, there's some other little things you can do to help horses like that. Let's say you're walking down the trail with a group and every other rider knows to stay 10 feet away because when they get within 10 feet, your horse will put the ears back and your the horse you're on will start to worry about those other horses getting too close, right? So another little thing you can do is let's say the the horse let's call let's call the helper Jan. Jan's going to be the one that's staying 10 feet away. Uh okay, well then, let's say you have Jan start to slowly come up on your back right side. Okay, well when Jan gets to within 10 feet or you know, let's say when Jan gets 9 feet away, that's the moment that your horse is going to think about that that your horse's mind is going to go to oh there's this other horse coming up on my right and kind of behind me i need to start okay well right when your horse starts to take that mental path what you can do is you can maybe bump with your left leg jiggle your left rein a little bit do something to kind of pull the horse's attention back to the left as to say, hey, ignore that horse. And then, right after you do that, you can simply say, hey, trot forward 30 feet, and just trot away and leave the area. And then you can come down to a walk, and then you can rinse and repeat. So a few things that you'll be doing right there is, uh, one, you'll be getting the horse in a habit of ignoring that horse coming up on his right. Uh, Number two, You'll be actually causing your horse to yield their feet away from the horse that they were kind of bowing up at. And we all know in horsey world, uh, when a horse goes to bow up, well, the horse that it's bowing up at, if that horse says, oh, no, you don't, and he comes in there dominant and causes the horse that bowed up to yield their feet away, well, now that horse is learning to be submissive and not putting the ears back because they figured out, oh, I'm not the boss. It's not my place to try to bow up at this other horse coming on my back right side. So you simply trotting your horse away, you'll kind of kill two birds with one stone. You'll say, hey, I know you want that. I know you're uncomfortable right now. I will be the one to give you that relief, that confidence, that mental security. So your horse likes you even more now because you're the one saying, Hey, I understand you don't like it. Just leave. <clears throat> Excuse me. But you will also be having your horse yield their feet away, which helps them learn to not bow up at the other horse. See, it's all the same stuff. It's all interconnected. Uh, so there's there's a few other things you can do. They're kind of the same, doing the same things. You're just doing it in a little bit different way. Uh, same scenario, that horse is coming up on your right-hand quadrant. 
Now, let's say your horse has a pretty big tendency to kick. Well, if you just simply change what they're getting ready to think about possibly doing to, hey, trot away. Well, you can build that habit and then you won't have to worry about them kicking anymore because before a horse does anything, they get ready to do it. They have the idea mentally, they prepare their body, and then the action happens. So our job is to see that coming and head it off and redirect that mental thought into something more desirable. So in this instance, we're just saying trotting away. Uh, now, another thing you can do is horses coming up on your right. You're worried that your horse may be getting ready to kick the one coming up on the right. So if you've uh, gone in the, the buckaroo crew and done the courses, you'll get to the part pretty quickly in there about how to get your horse to step his hind end over. So remember, getting a horse to yield their feet away from what they were trying to bow up at will help them not bow up at it. So what you can do is, as that horse comes up on your right, you can just have your horse yield his hind end away. Because remember, the thing that was about to take place is your horse was going to get a brace in his hind end and let it come towards, in the manner of kicking, at the other horse coming up on his right. So you get there before that happens, and you have the opposite happen, and that's a really good counterbalance and you do that several times, well now, instead of your horse thinking about and getting ready to bow up and push braces hind end and let the hind end go towards that horse, well now, he's mentally prepping to let his hind end go away from it and be loose in the hind end and yield the feet. So, all the same stuff, just different things you can do. Now, the, uh, you know... We should probably re-mention the deepest root of that is lack of confidence and insecurity in the horse. So the the longer the the long term end game fix for this is the same thing as a horse that bucks, as a horse that bolts, that rears, as buddy sour, whatever you could come up with. The long term end result is building that horse's confidence. And the way you do that is by getting them more sure about all of these things we're asking them to do. And the only way to build their sureness about all these different things is we, as the riders, have to constantly practice and do the best we can to get really good at timing our pressure and release, how we communicate. See, it's kind of, you know... It's kind of our jobs as horse owners. We owe that to our horses to be the best that we can be for them. Because if it wasn't for us, they would be out in the pasture grazing, just being horses, and they would never encounter all of these little situations that they need to learn how to handle. But it's our job to teach them how to handle those things. So let's see. Um, Trying to think of anything else we could talk about a horse that bows up. Uh, you know, the so as a quick recap, uh, you're going to see it coming. You're going to see the idea starting to surface in the horse. You're going to grab it, redirect it into a better, more desirable idea. You're going to yield the feet away in some form. That's always a good one to do. 
uh, you can kind of do the opposite of the buddy sour exercise and you can pretty easily convince that horse, hey, you want other horses by you. Because every time other horses are by you, life gets really, really good. Every time those horses aren't by you and you pin your ears and, you know, make them leave, which you can have your buddy Jan do if she's riding it, the other horse. Uh, well, then the bit may start rhythmically kind of annoyingly going bump, 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 bump when the horse is far away. And then as the horse starts to come in a little closer, that bit starts to bump a little less. The legs start to kick none at all. So all you do is, and you can do it with doing something like that. You can trot tight, fast circles. You just make it sort of difficult to not be in the close vicinity of other horses and make it be such a sweet feeling deal to that horse when other horses are near. Now, the last thing I'll leave you guys with is uh, somewhere near the end of the virtual clinic. We do the exercise called creating chaos. That is one of the best things you can do for horses that are a little insecure about other horses being up in their space. And go on and just skim through the entire virtual clinic. You know, through the whole weekend, uh, we're constantly having all those horses trot around and lope around and walk around in big groups in the arena. But we're usually doing things to preoccupy their mind. So by the end of the uh, the uh, clinic, they've more or less kind of learned to kind of ignore and not worry about all those other horses. And, uh, you know, just simply doing that kind of stuff will help a lot too. So uh, go in and check out that, and that'll also give you some other ideas. So, uh, Julie, I hope that helped you out, and uh, hope it gave you some ideas to experiment with, some things to think about. And you guys always remember, uh, a horse is the most easily changeable animal that I can think of. Uh, one time somebody asked Tom Dorrance, they said, hey, so what about mules? And he said, uh, well, a mule is just like a horse, but more so. And uh, he said, you know, these mules, they've kind of got a reputation for being stubborn. He said he's never met a mule that was stubborn. He said he's met a mule that would, you know, kind of set up a person to have to learn how to get right so the mule could operate for that person. But now I've, uh, I haven't done a lot of mule stuff, but I, I would almost kind of flip it a little bit. And if somebody says, hey, so Carson, isn't this horse stubborn? And, and this isn't me trying to be wooey or anything. I am like, to I'm being completely honest with you guys from the bottom of my heart. I have never ridden or worked with a horse that I felt was being stubborn or trying to get the best of me or having an attitude or, you know, anything like that. But um, I also, every time I go in to work or do something, you know, every time I go in to do horsey stuff... I always have this preconceived belief that I truly believe uh, all horses want to do is get along and feel comfortable. And if I've, and if, and you know, I've always tried to make it to where my main goal is to listen to that horse and see what it is that 
they're lacking confidence in or what they're not good at. And then I just try to get them a little more sure of A, B, and C. And then we try to get them a little more sure of one, two, and three and on and on. And within 30 or 40 minutes, uh, I feel like those horses, even the ones that maybe would be referred to as having an attitude or being stubborn or, you know, oh, he just doesn't want to do it because he's just, you know, trying to not do what I want him to do. I've never met a horse that didn't want to please a person. Now, sure enough, if they cannot figure out what they need to do and how to get some relief from the pressure and all that, yeah, they will start to get mad. Uh, cause you know, it, it is irritating to try and try and try and never get, uh, never feel like they're getting the right answer. You imagine working for a boss that, you know, said, Hey, put this on the shelf. And then you put it on the shelf and you couldn't really tell if he was pleased or not, you know, it'd get irritating. So, uh, if you kind of, if you kind of make the decision for yourself right now that horses never do anything right and horses never do anything wrong, horses simply do more of what feels really good and less of what doesn't feel that good. And when I say what doesn't feel good, I mean just having one pound of pressure on the bit versus zero pressure on the bit. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be much. It just has to be timed well. Uh, we always tell people at clinics, if uh, we say, hey, you guys check this out. All you're going to be doing this entire weekend is getting in the, in the horse's way, getting out of his way, getting in his way, getting out, getting in. But we're going to practice doing that with some timing uh, based on what the horse is doing or trying to do or trying to not do or starting to do or starting to do less of. And that is literally all you do. You just get really good at sliding in and getting in their way and swinging right back out and getting out of their way with timing. And that is literally all you're doing, uh, in every single scenario. And the people that are able to really progress quickly and easily with a horse, they're just people that have gotten sort of kind of good at that. And what's nice about horses is you don't have to be like spot on. You just have to be in the ballpark and the horse will figure out the rest in spite of us. Uh, Ray Hunt would say, he says, uh, if the human can learn to just give 5%, the horse will come through with the other 95. The problem is, is, you know, most of us, we have to really, really practice and work at it to get to where we can even give 3 or 4%, you know. Uh, including myself and uh you know people like tom dorrance ray hunt those were the people that truly did learn how to give five percent and that's uh that's why the stories you hear about those kind of people is always just sound impossible and some of them are uh absolutely amazing but anyways uh oh and for those of you that may not know uh Maybe not everybody listening to this knows who Tom Dorrance and Ray Hunt were. Uh, they were basically the founders of of what a lot of people refer to as natural horsemanship. But uh, they, they're they the ones that kind of got it started, at least this century. 
there were people uh, like Xenophon back in the Greek army times that they found as uh, scribes. And you can actually get his book on Amazon, and it's, I think it's called, I actually have the book, it's called Xenophon on Horsemanship. And a lot of people say he was the original founder of natural horsemanship because, like, in his writings, it says things that were unheard of at the time. Um, he would say, like, um, a horse should not uh, a horse should not be forced into submission but should enjoy the time spent with the rider and things like that. So it's pretty neat to look into even uh, the Xenophon book. But anyways, uh, got a little off topic there. Uh, sometimes I do that, but it's all the same stuff. It really is. All right, you guys uh, have a good night, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to the Carson James Podcast. Real, simple, horsemanship. Subscribe now to get new questions answered every week. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, drop us a review and share it with your horsey friends. 